on today's podcast. We are talking NBA playoffs. We are talking about the big Supreme Court decision today. And then we are talking plenty of baseball, as always. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today, co-host Lucas Jones. Lucas, what's up, man? Not much. You uh, been watching any NBA playoffs? Mm, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you've read enough about it to uh, formulate an opinion. Did you see what happened yeah. to LeBron yesterday? I did. I mean... And I like how everyone, like... The whole reaction on social media, TV, talking to people, just like right now, just like what you said, just the, it's like subconsciously. Did you see what happened to LeBron? It's not about the Cavs. No. It's like, did you see what happened to LeBron? Like, no one says, like, did you see what happened to the Celtics? You see what happened to the Rockets and the Warriors? Like, you see what happened to LeBron? And I think that says a lot right there. Oh, it does. I mean, we talked before and – it's his team. Uh, I mean, he's basically player, coach, GM. Uh, might as well be the owner. He could be the owner of Cle- the city of Cleveland right now. Uh, but I, I'm not too worried. I think that the Celtics came out came out of the gate swinging because they knew they needed to. They needed game one more than Cleveland did. Uh, I think once they got out to that big 20-point lead in the first quarter that LeBron was pretty much on cruise control the rest of the game. I don't blame him. Uh, he talked to the media after the game, and he said basically that he's been here enough. He's been down. He's been beat. He's been up. He's put the beating on people, so he's not going to overreact, and I think that's probably smart on LeBron. Although, I think that Brad Stevens has his team coached up enough to beat the Cavs, and it's not a LeBron thing because LeBron's the best player in the series. It's, I think, that the Celtics coaching and the rest of their team is so much better that I don't know that LeBron's going to be able to overcome that. Yeah, I mean, if he does, it's going to be tough, but the Celtics are firing on all cylinders. And, you know, this could be the first time in a very, very long time LeBron's not in the finals. And honestly, I'm sure Adam Silver is calling David Stern, trying to get some pointers on how to make sure LeBron gets to the finals oh absolutely he is uh they they need that I mean I think the Celtics team will be really good I've talked to you about that before but they don't have their two best players and I don't think that they have much of a prayer against the the uh Warriors or the Houston Rockets right Likely now Likely not then maybe against the Rockets maybe if they get lazy on defense James Harden yeah um but the Warriors would just crush them. It'd be a boring finals. Like, oh, like I'm, I'm with you. It would be pretty boring. And that's the thing with LeBron is the Cavs anywhere near as good as the Warriors, the Rockets, no. But they'll win two games if they make the finals. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I, almost positive just from Le, the LeBron effect. Yeah, LeBron will turn it up enough where he is. he will show everybody he's still the best player in the world, and they'll win a couple of games, but – Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that the series going on right now between the Rockets and Warriors is the finals. I mean, it's for the championship. I don't 
see shy of maybe somebody getting hurt or something crazy happening, the Celtics or the Cavs being able to overcome how good those two teams in the West are. And so I was talking to Anthony earlier. Uh, Some of you guys who have listened to the podcast probably remember Anthony came on last year, uh, did some NBA talk with us. And we were talking about LeBron's next move. And I was telling him after what I've seen from the Celtics, I think the only way that the Celtics don't just run the East for the next five years is if he goes to Philadelphia. And we've talked about that. I think ultimately it's already down to Philadelphia or Houston. I don't think that we, we, you and I have talked before. I don't think he's going to either LA team. Uh, He wants no part of that. He wants no part of New York. I think that he's going to spend the rest of his career getting rings. And those are the two best places for him. Although, I would be a big fan of LeBron going to Oklahoma City and teaming up with Russ. I just don't know if the two could mesh. I don't think Russ can mesh with anybody. I don't, except Steven Adams. That's pretty much right. it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, we said it on, like, the last three podcasts, I'm pretty sure. It, it's got to be silly. Or you, the only thing I'm 100% sure about is it's not Cleveland. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's done there. Yeah, Ty Lue's getting fired. They're they're gonna fire Ty Lue in early June, sometime a week before you know, maybe late June, a week before free agency starts or whatever to try to you know tell LeBron he can bring in his guy, let him handpick the coach, whatever. It's not gonna work. Yeah, LeBron's leaving Cleveland again. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, so moving on from the NBA, let's talk about the big Supreme Court decision today where basically now states get to choose whether or not sports gambling is legal. It's not just going to be confined to the state of Nevada. I think that's a huge game changer. Uh, I already got an email from FanDuel and DraftKings talking about how, you know, they're going to wait to see how it plays out in the states. And I'm sure it'll be much like Daily Fantasy is now, where if your state chooses to outlaw it, that you can't play it. But uh, I've seen that Pennsylvania... um, shoot who were the states mississippi new jersey of course new jersey was the state that was the supreme court was hearing the case on the behalf of and there was one other but it's leaving me right now but it's also been reported that 20 other states are knocking on the doorstep of legalizing sports gambling so i think it's a huge game changer there's going to be a giant market uh i think that it makes FanDuel and DraftKings infinitely more valuable uh, once you figure in the gambling factor. What are your thoughts on this, Lucas? Well, they already have the setup and market share, so that is going to help them. And I'm sure they'll be able to create a platform on people that just want to bet on outcomes instead of uh, a lineup of players that you choose. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, that infinitely just makes them the top dogs in this. Um, they're already you know, they already have more customer information and data than, you know, a lot of Vegas people yeah. I was reading, like they got 56 million people's data. Vegas has like 110 million or billion or something like that. Yeah. Million. Um, but Vegas is as worldwide from people that's come in. Jeff, uh, Jeff Kings or whatever. I almost said reality Kings. Sorry guys. That's a porn site. <laughs> right here. Never been there. <laughs> he's heard he's Kings heard and <laughs> bleep that out uh <laughs> no, i'm just kidding uh but in fanduel that 
they're mostly American based, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, ML like the players' associations and the leagues themselves are going to want to cut of the gambling money. They're going to have to take it. And the NFL will come out. They sound like they don't want any part of it. Yeah, that's not going to last. Which I think is a huge mistake because I think that's going to drive up viewership, especially for the NFL. That's going to drive up viewership. That's what they want. Yeah. They're going to have more people watching the games if they got money riding on it. Mm -hmm. And, but they act like they don't want to. I don't buy the whole, the integrity of the game is, is, uh, at, you know, at, uh, I don't know the right way to say it. I don't think it's at risk. That's the no, I, 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 I don't agree. think it's at risk at all. I don't have a problem with people gambling on game. I don't have a problem with Pete Rose gambling. Yeah. No, I like, don't either. I know this is a little bit different because he was managing a team when he was gambling. But, I mean, yeah, they're going to have to probably have rules where your managers and your players are not betting. Yeah, on game, ab- absolutely. That's going to have to be in the contract. Yeah. And stuff. And it might already be. I don't know. We don't see these major league contracts. Yeah. Um, I know it's kind of a rule. It is a rule in baseball. But I don't know. The Every state's probably at some – I mean, there's so much tax dollars to be taken from it. It's a good idea. Yeah. Um, and that's going to give more money for the owners, more money for the players. Like, But it's going to be complicated. It's not something that – is going to be figured out easy because your booking houses have to make money. You got to have money to pay out your winners, but then they're going to have to split. You got taxes to pay. You got a player association to pay and you got owners to pay. Like the margin is going to be thin. I feel like, because you're going to have all these other places pop up for gambling. Gambling's a huge industry. Yeah. Billions, multiple billions. Yeah, I uh, saw it today that they said it could create a fifty-seven billion dollar industry that it will now be legal. So yeah, that's and, huge. Yeah, and so I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but I think I think most states are probably going to uh, go along with it. Um, I did see that Warren Hatch is wanting to like make legislation so they could. He was one of the original writers of the, the law that just got overturned, so now he's all upset. But he's leaving office in November. Like, he shouldn't even care. He's in his 80s. Yeah. Dude, I'm very conservative. He's been a good conservative senator, but gambling is not the hill to die on and not make your last battle. Don't no, do this. absolutely. In fact, the three, the two and a half, really it was two and a half justices that went against it were on the left side of the court. It's not, you know, you generally conservatives kind of have the, they feel like they have moral superiority and gambling's not a moral thing. But then on the flip side, you got your justices on the right side that seem conservative and you're just like, they're like, let's leave it up to the states the way most things should be that's not laid out in the Constitution, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's their opinion is they're like, why don't we leave it to the individual to decide mm-hmm. their own morality, not the state or not the federal government deciding someone's morality or what they should be doing with their money for them. So I think that's just an interesting dynamic from a, you know, a, a judicial standpoint as well. Yeah. So let me tell you where, <coughs> excuse me. I think that the most value in this is for the NBA and the, in major league baseball for the regular season, because 
let's be honest, they need something to spice both leagues up, and nothing's going to do it like legalized gambling. I mean, whatever games on, I think that it will drive up viewership of regular season, especially basketball games. I feel like the NBA is really set uh, set up well here uh, because the more eyes that are watching the games, you know, people putting money on it, the higher that's going to drive up the television rights, the more money for the league. So I think that will be one way that the league and players and owners all benefit immediately from this happening. I think that it makes it a way more intriguing product when you throw gambling in. And here's what would be fun. If you got like mid game where the, betting lines change or whatever after something's happened. Like, say it's a baseball game. Yeah. And it's the seventh inning, and the home team's down by four runs, and the odds are, I don't know, 20 to 1 that they that they win. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. Just really bad odds. And you're like, oh, hell, I'll put 10 bucks down on them making a comeback. Yeah. And maybe it has to be more. Maybe it's got to be like five runs. But we've seen it happen in the eighth and ninth things where teams come back and score a bunch of runs, and then boom. Hey, you just got 200 bucks. Yeah, in-game betting. I mean, I think it's going to be a huge thing. I think it's going to keep people drawn to the TV more than just root, root, root for the home team or whatever the case may be. If you know people are going to have a little, little money on the line, uh, I think it's going to make it a better product. I think, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for college football because I put out my picks for the last uh, two seasons now, and I think that it's just it's going to make it make college football make basically every sport more watchable, more entertaining. It's going to make it more must-see TV. So I think it's a huge win, and whatever states get in there first. Uh, like I said, I think that the biggest market share for it will be online, uh, whether it's DraftKings, FanDuel, or whether you see some other uh, entity pop up to host the betting site. I think that's that'll be where you see most of the money come from. Wouldn't you think, Lucas? Guy- oh, yeah, they already have the market share, like, how many people like I haven't I didn't even like I used FanDuel like twice last year during football season but I got the app and I can just press that button and be right into it right now oh yeah I would literally have to not download anything or any information or banking nothing yeah again I can just access it right now that is the point that I made to that nerd Darren Ravel uh, on Twitter earlier when he was talking about how uh, the Vegas sports books have so many more loyalty uh, account information than FanDuel or DraftKings. People, it's already set up. It's it it is the market that you're looking to reach. So I think it's going to be huge. Uh, I think that I bet I'm going to guess that by the end of next year, that half of all states have something in place. At minimum, half of all states have something in place because, like you said, there's too much revenue to be lost and. I think that, you know, they will have to have some sort of regulatory process, much like, you know, we saw that with with Daily Fantasy whenever it got big, that they had to start regulating it a little bit because all the guys in there sitting there with their robots and their uh, artificial intelligent computers just putting all these random lineups in and they were winning money. Uh, they basically made it into their business, but I, so I think you'll have to have some sort of regulatory, not that that will be the case, but. Well, I think this is a good opportunity for the governments to bring in another source of revenue to help, um, 
fund schools or our infrastructure. Yeah. Um, because I mean, them are just two big things right now. That's, you know, probably not getting enough money, but we know it's not getting enough money. We mm-hmm. got an infrastructure problem. We got, you know, we could always be better at education. It's one of the things you can always get better at. Yeah. And I, I think this is something that I, I would support them taxing heavily because, and not even that heavily, but if they just like, oh, we're going to tax it, you know, it, whatever, 25%, I'm going to be like, I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and be like, okay, because if I don't feel like paying 25% tax on my winnings, then I won't play. Yeah. But because it's a choice thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like sales tax and stuff. See, I'm, I mean, and we're kind of veering off here just a little bit, but, you know, just that's another way to get needed tax dollars without taking away from someone's income. If you don't want to gamble, you don't have to, if you want to yeah. gamble and pay taxes, that's up to you and your help. And like you said, this is going to be billions of dollar industry. So there will be millions of dollars to be had for state governments and maybe even the federal government. Um, so, you know, I'm for anything that you can all a huge revenue from, that your tax and that the taxes are coming out of because of someone's choice to do it. I'm for it. Yeah. Open up other revenue streams. Oh yeah, and we're definitely gonna probably get into uh, doing a little picks on the old fumbling punter once that goes through. Uh, maybe do a little bit more for baseball season into the NBA season. Throw out a few picks that we're feeling for the week. But uh, moving on, Lucas talking about I was talking about daily fantasy earlier. I'm pretty much a uh, DFS golf guy now. I texted you and Tyler about it yesterday. I probably watched like 10 hours of the Players Championship this weekend, and I watched a bunch of the Masters. I did pretty good on both. Uh, Tiger's back, by the way. I don't know if you happened to see or read. Did he win? No, he finished fourth. Um, It was Webb Simpson won, and he shot like the course record on Saturday, so he had like a seven-stroke lead going into the final round. So basically – Shy of him falling apart, no one's going to win. But to but see Tiger play. Tiger was back, but I thought he was back like a month ago when he had a chance at winning one of them other thing, golf tournaments I watched on TV. Yeah, I think I watched was, some too. Yeah, I think it was just the players, the fact that it was pretty big and how well he played. I mean, I think he, he ended up at like minus 13 or minus 14 on the tournament, and that's great for golf. Not great yeah, for me good. because, like, I watch, like watching the different golfers, and NBC was glued to Tiger Woods all 18 holes yesterday. So well, uh, that's because Tiger Woods is the only reason. Oh no! Draw in, you draw in mediocre f- or fans that don't really, you know. That's the only reason I watched that one golf tournament was because Tiger was made the cut. Oh yeah, no, I I get why they do it. I just said it sucks for me because I want to watch some of the guys on my. Uh, daily fantasy golf team but no it's great for golf it's great for tiger i hope that uh he's still got a shot at the u.s open the open championship and then the pga championship which is going to be here in missouri and spoiler alert i might may try to take a fumbling punter trip up there we'll see how how the next couple of months play out that is in august uh so i'd like to get up there watch a little tiger live lucas if you have any vacation we may uh may go try to watch some tiger in person but moving on, Lucas, I know you wanted to talk about the outlaw Ben Zobras, so let's hear it. What, what is Major League Baseball's problem? 
they do you know what their problem is because i don't know what their problem is i i think that they are the absolute fun police is all it comes down to they are the fun police well damn the nfl had the same problem for a while and then they just kind of backed off on some of their their like touched in zone dances or whatever and i think something's really going to change here because ben zobris after today's game said he was going to talk to uh joe tory who's like second in charge of discipline and stuff like that for major league baseball and just kind of just ask him what's up why's the deal why's he getting letters like and it's ridiculous he's wearing black spikes on just home day games Mm -hmm. that's all he's doing he's wearing code for every other every other uh game except for other major league baseball saying uniform policies like mother's day where they could wear pink cleats and stuff like that yeah. and i i mean it's cleats he's wearing black cleats pf flyers who cares no one notices when you watch a game do you like look at someone's cleat like sometimes you look at sweet cleats like bryce harper comes to mind because sometimes he wears different kind of cleats but do you really pay attention to cleats when you watch baseball i don't No, man that you're sucking so much fun out of baseball if you're worried about what cleats guys are wearing that made mlb <laughs> look very petulant well did you very, see very 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 petulant did you see the thing with mike clevenger of the indians basically yeah yeah he wore socks uh that were a color other than major league baseball approved he got a letter in his tweet he sent a he took a picture of the letter and tweeted make baseball fun again they said it would be fun. They said, and what what are they doing? Like when you look through Major League Baseball social media accounts, this was my tweet: Baseball, look, kids were fun. Also, baseball players don't wear non-conforming shoes, or you will be punished. That's what I mean. That is, I don't get it, Lucas. I don't get it. Well, I mean, it's not like they're drawing things on their jerseys. You yeah. know, it's not like they're they're selling their own advertisement patches and selling them themselves <laughs> on the back of their their jerseys or anything like that. Like he's wearing different cleats that he'd been doing for a while, and baseball just took notice and decided to send a letter. Like, yeah, I mean that, know, is... and I, I'm I'm just flabbergasted because my tweet on it was: "You got three teams that need to relocate." that just could not get attendance. You got like 15 teams that are tanking or they just suck so bad oh, that yeah. it seems like they're tanking. Attendance is down. Now there's been crappy weather and school still in session, but even, but that happens along the weather things kind of an anomaly, but the school in session thing happens every year. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> strikeouts are way up. You know, the Rob Manfred's worried about pace of play and, things of that such that you know may or may not actually be an issue but they're going to concentrate on the color of someone's cleats yeah that's the hill they want to die on yeah I... like oakland's oakland's needed a stadium for a decade tampa bay has wanted a stadium for three or four years and has never drawn large crowds yeah miami is a dumpster fire Miami built that a billion-dollar stadium and can't draw a crowd. Yeah, and what's sad is they need to 
go somewhere else and then everything's going to be screwed up because I mean, they still owe a bunch of money on that. Like the, the city of Miami is just going to be have an empty baseball stadium. Oh yeah. Well, it's empty anyways, but they're not like, they're literally <laughs> not going to have a baseball. It's, it's not going to host a major league baseball team. And that's a whole nother conversation is, but that's three teams that need to relocate. Yeah. Did you, you see know, Evan Longoria's, uh, interview with the Tampa Bay times? Last yeah, week, he was that, just honest. He yeah. said they need to go somewhere else. Yeah, he said that you know the new stadium probably isn't going to fix it. And you look over to mm-hmm. Miami, and they built a new stadium, thought that was going to fix their problems. It didn't. And, and that just and that blows my mind because when you think of, I mean, you think of a great sport state yeah. when it comes to football and baseball. I don't really think basketball when I think Florida, but. But football and baseball, and, and maybe baseball is a little misconstrued because the population's heavy. They got a lot of Latino players, but that's where spring training's at. Yeah. You know, half the teams go down there for spring training. You're like, baseball should be a huge draw in Florida. Are they in the wrong towns in Florida? I don't know. Maybe they people just don't like going to baseball games in Florida because the weather's so nice. It doesn't bother. They like, you know, yeah, they I- don't. But you know, in Missouri, all the weather's nice. Let's go watch a game before it gets way too hot. Yeah, <laughs> or like, way too cold. It, I don't know what the problem is. Like, even if they have one, like Tampa and Miami, are you have to? You might know better than me. What are they like? Five, six hours apart, maybe? Are they? Yeah, they're they're not close. Yeah, they're they're like, four, like four to six like hours. In yeah, Florida and Miami's like very south. So yeah, and Tampa's on hours. the west coast, and Miami's on the east coast. Yeah, so let's. I mean, like they're not super close, but like they should be enough for they're drawing thirty five thousand people a night. Absolutely, there's I mean, a ton Saint of Louis people in the Florida. City are three hours apart, and they were filling two years ago. They were both filling their stadiums up every night. Yeah, and what kills me is Tampa draws a pretty good crowd to Raymond James Stadium for the Bucks, and they draw a really good crowd for Tampa Bay Lightning games, their NHL team. So I don't know what the disconnect is with baseball in Florida. Uh, I mean, Miami, obviously. They, the, the Dolphins are very well-loved, and uh, I guess the in Heat. In the U, but Florida State and Florida in the U – and even uh, UCF and national champions. Yes, uh, national champions, UCF. Uh, and wherever Lane Kiffin's at, they probably all draw crowds. You know, like oh, yeah. people love football in Florida. That they got two major league baseball teams, and no one's going to the games. And yeah. I know neither neither of the teams are bastion of sustained success. Now Miami does have two World Series, but they haven't had one in 15 years. The and, Rays had some sustained the success Rays under the Joe Madden in 2008. Yeah, they, and, and even last year, I think, or the year before the Rays, you know, they were right there at the end, mm-hmm. um, winning some games. They seem like they have a lot of young, talented players. It seems like they've had three really good pitchers after have Tommy John surgery lately, though. But the attendance is a huge problem for baseball in Florida. But Rob Manfred's picking on Ben Zobrist for his cleats. And Ben Zobrist isn't and you know, I've been calling him out while Ben Zobrist. He's not a <laughs> no. rubble arousing punk player. He's well liked, well respected, probably maybe one of the most professional baseball players I've ever watched play the game. Yeah. 
And that's who's getting letters from Major League Baseball. Yeah, it just it it kills me. So we haven't got to talk about the Matt Harvey saga, which after our last podcast, and we were talking about Matt Harvey getting moved to the bullpen. Well, shortly thereafter, he was cut uh, or he was DFA'd by the Mets and signed by the Reds. And I just I had Trade. a funny I had a great one liner uh, here. I saw that Reds GM Dick Williams considers Matt Harvey a starting pitcher. I got to tell you, Lucas, <laughs> I take a guy named Dick Williams at his word. He just seems like a guy that's going to shoot straight. But well, he might he might have been on for might have been on to something. I mean, Matt Harvey pitched with four or five scoreless his first game for the Reds. They'd won five straight, I think. They swept the Dodgers. Yes. And uh, Dick Williams getting promoted, and now some guy named Nick Crawl is the new GM all of a sudden. Like things are happening in Cincinnati, I guess. Yeah. Riggleman's got him playing like 500 baseball. They're almost 500 under him now. So, yeah, which which sucks because the Cubs have four games with them this weekend. Two in one day. They got a doubleheader. So now the Cubs get them while they're good. While the Cardinals got them while they suck. <laughs> when they were three and 21. Yeah, that's pretty unfortunate timing. But the Cardinals, the Cardinals, the Cubs. I just feel like pretty much pick a team in the National League Central, not named the Reds. It's all theirs for the taking, it seems. I mean, the Cardinals lose two out of three to the Padres. The no, nah, they split two out of four. Two out of four? I forgot the first game. Man, I was so zoned out. So they split. They four-game set. They lost two to the Twins. Yep. They, and they after played. After sweeping the Cubs. Yep. Which so, made me think that, I'm just going to say it. I tweeted this several times. I just think the Cardinals got lucky and caught the Cubs on a really bad weekend. And you think about it, I mean, Bud Norris almost blew that first game, and then they had to win in extras the next two. Yeah. I mean, that game I was at, Tyler Chatwood walked like nine guys. So, yeah. I mean, I think they caught the Cubs on a really bad weekend because I don't think the Cardinals were impressive as it seemed for sweeping the Cubs. I'm just yeah, going to say it. They have, they have some things to figure out. I In my notes, I just have Wainwright, Carpenter, Fowler. I mean, I love Dexter. You love Dexter. I hope he figures it out. Matt Carpenter is finally riding the pine because he's hitting terribly. And we've talked for two years on this podcast now about how much of a defensive liability the guy is. And Jed Jerko is just murdering the ball right now. So you have to play Jerko. But Adam Wainwright, man, you know, he went, he went on the DL. He pitched here in Springfield last week. And then he came up and it just – what are we, year three, year four of Adam Wainwright trying to come back from injury? Yeah, well, he's already injured again and on the DL again. Yeah, and I mean, but you know that whenever he's, quote, ready to go, he'll be back starting every fifth day. And at what point are you finally like, Adam, you've done a lot for this organization. We love you. You're going to have to spend the rest of the year in the bullpen because – you got Jack Flaherty in Memphis. Well, he'll be back up, I assume, if he's not already. But, I mean, you need to start Flaherty. I, I, I mean, know Weaver struggled. Maybe, like, Weaver's going to have to go because Alex Reyes has got a starting spot. Woo! He, I saw he struck out 12 in five innings today. Yeah. And granted, so, it was in Peoria, I mean, so if high. They're gonna use their best, if they're going to use their best starting rotation, then... In my opinion, Weaver or Waka's got to go to the bullpen, and you're starting Flaherty and Reyes. And but I mean, it's not all going to be pretty because they're going to be rookies. 
and I don't know, like, but Wainwright, I, he he's probably a type of guy that will go to the bullpen, but I just don't see what value he brings out of the bullpen. No, he doesn't. He's but you're not throwing eighty five miles an hour yeah. now. Like, I mean, he's more. It would be a gonna, mop up role, right? And that's, but that's what it's come to. That's what's going to have to be. Um, Carpenter, a lot of Cardinal fans I've seen that are into Saber says he's been mostly unlucky, but. To me, there's nothing about his bats that say unlucky. It just he just does not look good right now, and he's more concerned about his looking strikeouts than anything else. And Randy can back me up on that because after every strikeout, he's chirping something at the umpire every time, every, every time. time. Swing the bat, man! And Swing point, the bat. He's gonna start getting tossed for that stuff. Like, I mean, like. Yeah, most umpires are they're I mean, umpiring's been bad, don't get me wrong, it's been terrible. But like umpires get a little leeway, you know, let you let the players say something as they're walking away, but if you do it every single time, they're gonna start taking offense. Oh, absolutely. And and it's not the same guy. They're just gonna be like, Well, he chirped at my buddy two weeks ago. He's not we're not even on the same crew, but I'm gonna toss him because I'm gonna make an example out of him. Oh that's yeah. That's gonna happen. Yeah. Very absolutely. Soon. absolutely it is. Uh Lucas, you got anything on the Cubs? They're in this weird Atlanta series right now. Yeah, I mean, they did a makeup game today in Chicago, and then both teams were – the Braves had to fly from Miami to Chicago and then back to Atlanta, and the Ooh. Cubs are going to Atlanta today. So I thought the Cubs might have an advantage today, but Quintana did not pitch very well. Um, the wind was blowing out. The Cubs, I mean, they lost by one. Uh had a chance to bomb in the ninth, didn't come through. I, this Braves team, I mean, they've scored the most runs in the National League. They are leading the National League East. Like, yeah. I feel like if they wanted to make some moves this year to kind of shore up that team, and I don't even know at what point, maybe another outfielder, I guess. No. I mean, they mm-hmm. got Marcakis yeah. and Ciarte and Acuna. They got Bautista playing third base. He had a bomb today. He's got two. I saw Maybe that. he's got something a little left in the tank. Yeah. Dansby's hurt. Um, he's on his way back. Freddie Freeman's – I mean, they really needed, like, a better catcher. Like, Tyler Flowers went yard today, but Tyler Flowers doesn't, like, scream. We're going to beat – like, the Braves should make a trade for Real Muto, in my Ooh, opinion. I have – I think I have a it. better one. Salvi Perez. That would be exactly what they need. That would be a great get for the Braves because I love Salvi Perez and the Royals. I mean, that's where they are right now. They're. I mean, and the Braves can easily do it. They have enough pieces in the minor league system that they can, you know, oh, they absolutely. can afford to do that. And, you know, it's something where, I don't know, they, I, they're pitching, man, Sean Newcomb, Mike Sirocco, Fultwitz. Tehran pitched okay today. Like, they got, like, guys that you want to believe in, but they're just not established yet. So yeah. you're like, eh. but they have enough of them guys that yeah. they could rotate them in if someone's struggling, or they could make a play for, uh, you know, a pitcher that might, you know, be on the market. Uh, I don't really know of anybody. Like, most of the free agent pitchers mm-hmm. that could make a difference for this year are on teams that are – 
you know, going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the only one that comes to mind immediately for me is Dan Duffy. But yeah, and that's the only one. And depending on, but his he's not pitching for his yeah what his salary no. is at this point. So I don't know. Like maybe Chris Archer, but I don't. I don't. Chris Archer's not an ace anymore. Yeah, I don't. I'm not even sure he was. He just had that one good year. He's more of a solid two or three guy. Yeah, that's going to give you a real good game every fourth or fifth start. Um, but everyone else that's going to be free agent or movables on pretty decent teams mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, we got a lot of teams, and especially in the National League, still in the hunt. The National League's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I knew they was on the upswing, but you got the Braves and the Phillies up there on two. Yep. The Nats are charging ahead. The Mets started out yeah, hot. And they just got the, kind of petering their off. injury bug. They petered off a little bit there with their annual injury bug some. Yep. Um, but the, the Giants are in the thick of it, like four and a half, five games out. And the Diamondbacks and Rockies, you got four teams in the Central. The Dodgers at this point, I want to say that they're probably missing the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they're a team that can get Kershaw back soon. Justin Turner's coming off the DL tomorrow. Um, oh, yeah. And they're the Dodgers. I mean, they, they can, can always make some go on moves. A... Like last year, didn't they win like 20 straight at one point or something? I think they went like 41-9 and nine over a 50-game stretch. Yeah. Well, if they do yeah. that again, they'll, they'll be right back in the thick of things. So, you know, looking at the numbers, like statistically, historically, they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. But – you don't ever want to say never against a team that does have that amount of talent. But while we're talking about the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, he's been getting hurt an awful lot. Did, yeah. Is he still going to, is he still going to opt out? Like I was or, thinking about that yesterday. It, like, <sighs> can he get more? Like he may just be better, like signing an extension with the Dodgers and taking 30 million a year. Yeah. I think that I would just, I would, opt in because he like you said 30 million a year over the, probably what the next four or five years yeah, his well, original right now, deal is got, a seven year he's got two years left after okay two years okay at like 33 million or something a piece i can't remember but you know people are thinking like well he can opt out and maybe get you know 40 million can he right now though that's the thing. Can he right now? Because if he's going to miss 12 weeks this season now. Look, look at the market last year. playoff record. Yeah. Who knows? He's a big guy. His back is giving I mean, guys like that. Their backs can give him lots of problems. Yeah. And so, I, I hope that Kershaw comes back because, I mean, we're truly seeing. Oh, I think he's the greatest pitcher of all time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do. When you look at his numbers. I always was just amazed at what Sandy Koufax did, and Kershaw did just as much, if not a little bit more, than Sandy Koufax did. So yeah, I mean, he was dom- Koufax was basically just dominant for about six, seven seasons. Yeah, and it- Kershaw's done that. And I- I'm I'm sorry, but today's players are stronger. Oh yeah, nutrition. Yeah, best, better, coached. Um, so that's why I think Kershaw is the greatest of all time. And, and just for a caveat, a caveat here, when we say like, I don't know how you view it, but when I say, when I say greatest of all time, when I say things like that, I'm just talking regular season stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Like that playoffs, you can look at playoffs when you're deciding hall of fame 
whatever, like Kurt Schilling, you know, probably not the top 10 pitcher of all time, certainly top 30, but you throw in his playoffs, you know, you're thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. You look at him, you're like, you know, he probably is top 10 pitcher with his playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, I mean, but. But yeah, regular I season. I mean, he has, the, Kershaw, at, the, at least at the start of the year, had the lowest regular season ERA in the modern era. I mean, it, he is fantastic. I best pitcher ever. So I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, Lucas, any any parting thoughts before we get off here? Um, I I'm just gonna say it. I don't think the Cubs are a playoff team right now. I thought you just tweeted yesterday that the Cubs were gonna win their division by four to six games. I think they ultimately will, but right now. Yeah, right uh, it's now, a, they're not a playoff team. It's a long season. I would just like it. make sure that it they. It is, but we're a quarter of the way through already, basically. Yeah. My hot take before we get off in. here is Celtics and six. I just can't wait till Bryce Harper's the Cub. That's going to change everything. <laughs> it Perfect is. Perfect leadoff guy. Leadoff guy? Hell yeah. Oh, this Matt's may... been batting him leadoff. He's been dominating. Yeah, I mean, we may we may have to discuss this a little further in a future episode, but that's all we got for today, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back later this week with our end-of-the-week podcast. For Lucas Jones, I'm Devin Keeney. Have a good week, guys.